In the early 8030s, in the city of Jerusalem, just days before he would die by crucifixion, Jesus spoke with some of his closest followers, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, at a place called the Mount of Olives. And he foretold for them much of what would unfold in the decades to come. He warned them about the wars and rumors of wars that would arise, the conflict among nations, the natural disasters and struggle that would befall the world. He warned about the false teachers that would lead many astray. He warned about the persecution that they would face, causing some to even need to lay down their lives. But amidst all of that, he encouraged them to endure, that the one who endured till the end would be saved. He encouraged them to keep proclaiming the good news that he is king so that that message would spread throughout all the world and know that ultimately it would work out. And in the decades that followed, as the first century unfolded, everything happened exactly like Jesus said. Till we find ourselves in the latter half of the first century, when John alone among that original group remains having shifted his work from Jerusalem to the region of Asia Minor, where there were churches like in Ephesus that the Apostle Paul had planted, that Paul's protege Timothy had nurtured. We believe in the latter part of his ministry, the Apostle John had been active there, active until his proclamation of the word of Christ caught him up in some of that persecution. And he had been banished, exiled to an island called Patmos, where in the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, the revelation of Jesus Christ, as it's called. John finds himself in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. And Jesus himself appears to him in a setting very reminiscent of what it would have been like to have met him in the temple there in Jerusalem when it still stood. But as Jesus revealed himself, stunning, majestic, glorious to John, it was for a reason. He had messages. Messages for seven churches in Asia. Messages that would be delivered in the order that an ancient letter carrier likely would have taken those messages to. And for each church, he had something specific to say to them. Something relevant to what they were presently going through at that point in, here, in history. But if we'll hear what the Spirit says to the churches, the messages that Jesus has for them there, it can build our faith as we see what they're experiencing was exactly what Jesus had told John all those years earlier they would experience. If we'll have ears to hear, we might also even hear that what they were experiencing is what we and our brothers and sisters throughout the world continue to experience to this day as well. That's not always how we read prophetic books like Revelation. We often assume that they're about the future. We read them and look for signs that maybe these things are about to happen or will happen soon. But instead, let's hear what the Spirit says to the churches. In Revelation chapter 2, beginning with verse 1, we read there from Jesus, To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil." and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you're enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you've not grown weary. 
But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you've fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I'll come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet this you have. You hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna, write the words of the first and the last, who died and came to life. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. And the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. And for ten days you'll have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. Do you hear how what the church in Ephesus, how what the church in Smyrna were experiencing was exactly what Jesus had foretold all those years earlier? That there was false teaching and a need for endurance. That there was love that had grown cold. How many were being led astray in the midst of all that. How there was persecution and hardship. In this particular case, persecution coming from the Jewish folks in that town. In the case of some of the other churches, if you continue reading through Revelation 2 and 3, you'll see persecution that came from the Gentiles. So that it was that across the whole world, Christians were suffering. Things were happening in their present lives exactly like Jesus had said it. That can build our faith to know that what Jesus said decades prior, what Matthew, Mark, and Luke had been inspired by God's Holy Spirit to write down from Jesus decades after that, but still before this present day, it was happening just like Scripture said it would, just like Jesus had originally said it would. And it gave these Christians a different context for what they were going through. It gave them a chance to recognize not just their battle against the Nicolaitans, but to have revealed to them that what was unfolding was part of this larger picture that Jesus already knew about, that Jesus had already planned for. So what they needed to do was to repent, What they needed to do was to endure. What they needed to do was to focus on Jesus. That's what the revelation was meant to do. It did so in an apocalyptic way, in a way that used pictures. When Jesus talks about removing candles from lampstands, this wasn't a literal physical candle. This was a picture to help them understand that if they wanted to continue to be his people, if they wanted to continue to be with him, it was so important that that would be addressed. When he warned that they'd be put in prison for 10 days, I don't think that that was being literal, that his sense to convey there was that once they got locked up, as day nine was drawing to a close, they could be sure that after the next day they'd get out. 
I think that 10 was using that number symbolically to let them know that they would suffer, but it would be a bounded amount of time. It would be a complete amount of time, and because it was days, it would be a relatively short amount of time. It would be intense, but it wouldn't be prolonged. And if they would be faithful even till death, they'd receive a crown of life. That's what Jesus was revealing as he delivered these messages here. He was revealing how what he had said was exactly what was happening. He was revealing where he stood as the churches navigated these different issues with warnings for them as to how best to handle them. Warnings for them and for any of us who hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Because we don't know exactly what the Nicolaitans were teaching, but we know that it somehow led the followers of Jesus astray to even permitting sexual immorality. And while we don't have Nicolaitans today, there are some leading Christians astray, teaching doctrines that are permissive of sexual immorality. And as we deal with that, there can be a tendency for some of us as Christians to get so vigorous in fighting against that that we abandon the love we had at first. There are some Christians in parts of the world that are suffering, that are being thrown in prison, that are being beaten. There are some Christians in parts of the world where love's growing cold. As we hear what the Spirit says to the churches, we can have Jesus revealed to us. We can learn a completely different way of seeing this world. We can learn to see things through the eyes of Jesus.